darts at a board. I bet on sure things. Read Sun Tzu, The Art of War. Every battle is won before it's ever fought. Think about it. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Always B B C closing. Always be closing. Always be closing. The show goes on. It's Wednesday night and fantasy football is on the agenda. Grab a seat and let's get down to business. It's time for the fantasy boardroom. Here's your host, Tycoon. And welcome to the Fantasy Boardroom. I am your host and fantasy CEO, Taiku. Once again, we're once again we're riding solo here. We're going to take a look at week two. Look ahead to week three. Uh, this was a strange, strange week in the NFL and particularly in fantasy football. So this is going to be a an interesting episode to say the least. Uh, it's week two blues because you know it was very feast or famine week this week some big performances uh some by names that were not really started in many leagues so uh a lot of people had to miss out on the gold that was produced and unfortunately i was one of those i fell very much on the wrong side of most of the big performances on sunday and monday and uh it was not a good week for your boy here it was i'm in 41 leagues i took 28 l's put it that way it was Possibly the worst week I've ever had in fantasy football. So today, it's going to be a much busier episode than week one. I don't like to glean too much from week one if you you don't have to. It's one week. Let's let things play out a little more. I think we've seen a bit more, so there's a lot more to talk about. Uh, We're going to have performance reviews. We're going to focus on some players with stock rising, stock falling. We're going to have our employee of the week. We will have promotions. We will have demotions. We will do a little bit of recruiting, waiver targets, uh, some workers' compensation discussion, somebody you can stash there on your IR if you do have an open and eligible IR spot that's currently not being used. And once again, we'll have a little discussion about branch transfers. So first and foremost, performance reviews. We're going to talk about a player, a position, and a team. So to start, one player to highlight give a quick little review of his, excuse me, Terry McLaurin. I clownishly, in my start-sit column last week with the incomparable Shane Barrett, had Terry as a sit. As anybody who watched Thursday Night Football knows, anybody who rosters him, plays against him, pays any attention at all, knows that this was just the most absurdly foolish decision one could make. All he did was finish with 11 receptions on 14 targets, have 107 yards, a touchdown, and an overall massive impact on the game in real life. Just, uh, Terry's a set-it-and-forget-it guy. Just, he's QB-proof, he's game-proof, he's that guy. Just play him. Terry is absolutely stud wide receiver one. So moving on to the team. Last week we talked about the Green Bay Packers and said, you know what? Just wipe it from your mind. It's an aberration. Who knows why that happened? 
forget about it. Green Bay is Green Bay. So this week we're going to take a look at Green Bay Packers 2, Electric Boogaloo. And it's the exact opposite. The big three, they're just back in a big way. Rodgers, Jones, Adams, they are who they are. They are who we thought they were. Treat them as you normally would. That's all that needs to be said. Don't overanalyze. And typically, when focusing on a position, we're going to focus on one group. This week, not so much. It, it was, again, as I alluded to a little bit in the introduction, just such an odd week. So all three positions had you know a couple of the usual big names perform in a big way. Um, but otherwise, there were a lot of lightly started and unexpected players at the top of these leaderboards. And the big names as a whole really underperformed yet again. Very disappointing. So at the quarterback position, we had Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater, Taylor Heineke, all cracked the top 12. And then we had gentlemen like Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, and Ryan Tannehill all fall outside the top 12. So there were a lot of uh, subpar performances that were out there in your leagues this week. At the running back position, I mean, even more so. So we had Cordero Patterson, Tony Pollard, J.D. McKissick, Daryl Henderson, James White, and Devin Singletary, all making up half of the top 12. Half of the RB1s this week was that group. That is kind of disgusting. Uh, and then to top that off, we also had Zach Moss, Demetric Felton, Chase Edmonds, and uh, Lenny Fournette all crack the top 24 as well. And a couple of those names, you know, you figure will get there some weeks, but then you think about who didn't get there. So we had James Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Saquon Barkley, Miles Gaskin, Joe Mixon, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, Kareem Hunt, Miles Sanders. All of them finish outside the top 24. Again, you know, you figure some of these guys and with variance just in week-to-week performance, that's going to happen a little bit. But to have that level of group of studs all finish outside, you know, starting position essentially at their position is outrageous. And at the wide receiver position, of course, much, you know, the trend very much followed. So we had Rondale Moore, Hollywood Brown, Henry Ruggs, Freddie Swain, all in the top 12. Michael Pittman, K.J. Osborne, Wittes Cephas, all in the top 24. Darius Slayton, Byron Pringle, Braxton Berrios, all in the top 36. Again, you know, some of these guys, you figure out spike weeks, wide receiver tends to do that. Um, you know, guys can have a big day at that position. But then you think about this. Chris Godwin, Debo Samuel, Stephon Diggs, T. Higgins, Adam Thielen, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, all of them outside the top 24. And then you have Jamar Chase, Bobby Trees, Robert Woods, Allen Robinson, DK Metcalf, Chase Claypool, A.J. Brown, Robbie Anderson, Amari Cooper, and Tyreek Hill all finish outside the top 36. So just a horrible week for big name wide receivers. Uh, unless your name is Cooper Cup or Terry McLaurin, of course. It just, again, such an odd, odd week. Some very good teams out there put up some just shit performances, for lack of a better word. Uh, things will get better. That's the main takeaway that I want everybody to leave this episode, this show with. If you have any of those guys, you got to know that this is not what the sustained performance is going to look like. That is not going to be the case. You're not going to you know, see Cooper and Tyreek you know, in the WR40s. That's not going to continue to happen. Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Antonio Gibson, these guys are not going to continue to finish you know, our 
outside of the top 24 running backs. So when you have these studs, you're having some early season blues like I am. Just be patient. Things will get better. And for many of these guys, starting this upcoming week. Now, enough of the strangeness and the disappointing nature of some of these big names. We're going to move on to some players whose stock is rising. First and foremost, kind of an obvious one, Kyler Murray. Just another absolutely huge day, dominant day. He's probably the MVP frontrunner at this point. So take that for what it's worth, but he seems to be virtually unstoppable right now. Rondo Moore seems to be an excellent fit, even in his limited snaps. I think he only has 48 so far this season, but man, has he maximized his time on the field. And what it doesn't seem like there's much that's going to slow him down, except maybe Cliff at some point. I'm not a Cliff Kingsbury believer. I do think he'll sink the team as a whole at some point, but Kyler Murray, as long as he stays healthy, just to the moon. Najee Harris as well. Now, he disappointed some in week one, but most paying closer attention you know, followed the fact that he had 100% usage of all, as a running back on the team. Every single running back touch on the team was his. That trend continued, and he put up a strong fantasy day, 19 points. So better days even, miss, uh, even still are ahead for Najee. I think people are... Uh, getting rid of the doubts of the offensive line, not to say that they don't doubt that the offensive line is you know, good or bad, I mean, because it is bad, but the doubt that Harris can overcome it is going away. And I agree with that. Harris is still in line for a big season. Hopefully Ben doesn't miss too much time, so he can't become the focal point of defenses. Uh, but yeah, big things coming ahead for Najee. Back at wide receiver again. Here's a guy... That is low-hanging fruit. Cooper Cup. Again, another huge day. He's the apple of Matt Stafford's eye. I don't think you know, these massive days are going to continue every single week. But it's clear that he has incredible chemistry with his new quarterback. Stafford is going to continue to look his way often. And regular, consistent, with occasional huge weeks like we've seen, are going to be the norm here for Mr. Cup. And to close out Stock Rising... TJ Hawkinson at the tight end position. He is the focal point of this Detroit offense. Um, everybody knows how I feel about Swift over here, um, who is, of course, the other focal point of the offense. But it, it's clear that Goff is going to be leaning on TJ Hawkinson a lot. He is far and away the most talented pass catcher you know, at the tight end or at the wide receiver position. And he's just going to keep being a target monster, and he's going to keep producing because he's a very good player. So if you did actually miss out on the big three tight ends when it came to your draft this you know, summer or right before the season, go try and trade for Hawkinson. The price is going to be high. Maybe give it a week. See if you know he has a little bit of a down performance one of these weeks and go for it. But he's going to be the next best thing to the big three. I do think Kittle rebounds. That's why I still say that. Go get him. Go get him. You want to have an edge at the tight end position, and it looks like Hawkinson is going to continue to provide that. He certainly is right now. Now, stock falling. We have some names here that are, well, were drafted highly and have not returned really at all so far. Quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. We've seen two consecutive subpar outputs to start the year. 
it feels like there may be a little cause for concern. Maybe not a lot as you dig in a little bit. He did throw for nearly 350 yards in week two. He had a touchdown robbed uh, when the referees incorrectly ruled Julio out of bounds. A.J. Brown couldn't catch COVID if his life depended on it on Sunday. As his own family member said, it is, you know, it's, it's been an uphill battle there. Uh, but I do think things are going to turn around. I think the offense will begin to click. You know, we got to remember that Arthur Smith left. And now I know that they promoted internally. So that way, you know, it wasn't much of a transition to any sort of new offense, but still working with a new head of the offense. So just, I'm going to give it a little bit of time here and they're not going to be able to give Henry 41 touches every single week. He's going to still be a monster getting an insane workload, but he's not going to get 41 touches. So with that in mind, expect better days ahead and the touchdowns will come. Saquon Barkley is the running back with his stock falling. Uh, you probably also could have thrown Clyde Edwards Lair in there. Uh, but we're going to focus on the bigger name. He has had a very slow start here in his return from his ACL injury last year. That said, I do feel that he is going to start turning it around this week. He's got a plus matchup with Atlanta. They can't stop anybody. So he should be in line for a very big day. We saw Saquon's snap count double from week one to week two. He was still, while the Washington defense as a whole may not be what we thought they were, that's still a stud defensive line with the Giants just very poor offensive line going up against it and he was still even able to bust out a 40 plus yard run there is plenty of reason to believe that saquon is going to have his breakout performance of 2021 finally here in week three against the putrid atlanta falcons defense cannot wait for it now another player with the stock falling teammate kenny galladay Signed to the big deal this offseason to be their number one wide receiver. He has been anything but. He has been the number two to the alpha that is Sterling Shepard. And his value is just absolutely tanking. He popped up again on the injury report, hip injury, bothering him again. It doesn't seem that he's going to miss week three, but still. For a guy that always seems to have nagging injuries and also has missed notable time throughout his career, seeing him pop up there does not you know, give you the warm fuzzies. I will tell you that. Uh, and if somebody even lowly invested in him, uh, makes me sick. He's done little on the field so far. We saw him yelling at Daniel Jones over there on the sideline on Thursday night. It's Is it time to worry? It really feels like it might be. I, I'm still willing to give it a, a little bit more time. If you own him in redraft or dynasty, I would suggest not selling low just yet. It may be a guy you have to take the hit on. Uh, but if somebody's willing to give you anything really respectable, you might want to make a move. And at the tight end position, a person just discussed, my favorite player in the entire league, George Kittle. So the Debo show has limited Kittle so far. He's only run 43 routes even so far this season through two games. But will this regress back to the, the mean of George Kittle absolutely being the dominant pass catcher and focal receiving point of this offense? Ultimately... Maybe not quite to the same degree as before, but I still expect it to end up where George Kittle is the leading pass catcher on the 49ers. He still is the best player on the team, really. Well, maybe not the team, but certainly the best player on the offense. I have very minimal hesitation in saying that, health really being the only concern. Uh, he has every skill you could absolutely want, so 
is being deployed in different ways currently, but I do think that's going to change. I think Jimmy's going to want that to change as long as he's staying here on the field. He's going to want to have you know his guy George making plays for him. So Anthony knows exactly what's up. Kittle, the extra exclamation points tell you everything. Yeah, that's the way he plays. Kittle is an exclamation point, and that's going to show out on the field here sooner rather than later. And your high draft pick investment in him will produce. Anthony says made a couple offers for him, but a fellow Niners fan has him, so it's hard to get him to budge. Unfortunately, that's true. And most of us, you know, playing in any sort of competitive league are facing the prospect of people not panicking too early, understanding that the guy is an elite player and should bounce back. There's no really real reason to believe that he won't. So enough of stock watch rising and falling. We do enough of that even throughout the day on Sunday and Monday as we watch the games. We'll take a little time to reflect here on who the employee of the week is. And this week, to the surprise of no one, we have co-employees of the week. And to the surprise of no one, they are Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones. Because, I mean, what even is there to say about these guys? We all saw it. We were there. Just bask in the greatness. That's all you need to do. Just take it in. Uh, yeah, with a... It's a long offseason. We've all really been hankering for this. We've been craving this. We cannot wait or could not wait for the season to start. Now we're already through two weeks. Just make sure you're taking the time to reflect. Soak it in. Derek Henry, Aaron Jones, pure greatness. The co-employees of the week here in the fantasy boardroom and in the NFL. Grade A monsters, studs. King Henry, Aaron Jones. Now, promotions. This is always fun. I enjoy promotions. It's positive. It's uplifting. So, we're going to go with a guy that I have a deep personal love here for. And that's Brandon Cooks. Wide receiver, Houston Texans. This is a guy that feels like he's been perennially dis- disrespected. This guy is does not get the credit that he deserves whatsoever. There was, oh, he got to play with Breeze, and then he got to play with Tom Brady, and, you know, he's had good quarterbacks, sure, sure, sure. Then he produced with Goff. Then he produced with Tyrod. Then he produced with David Mills throwing the ball last week. Oh, my God. So this guy is quarterback-proof. He's team-proof. This guy is just the absolute 1,000-yard every season veteran stud receiver that every team should wish they had. I would love to have Brandon Cooks on the 49ers. That would be outstanding. I mean, every year somebody finds some reason they're injury-prone, one hit away from ending his career. That's every player, by the way. Yeah, he had a couple concussions, but eh, it was always a false narrative. The guy is money. Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks forever. He will always be a beloved member of the fantasy boardroom, and he is a guy that should be in your starting lineup, even with Davis Mills at quarterback. Oh, yeah, and Jones. Yes, come on, Anthony, come on. I know Henry was amazing, but we all watched Monday Night 2. Jones was incredible as well. I mean, especially his, you know, the fantasy performance. Just unreal. He erased a lot of deficits, won a lot of weeks last week. Maybe even comebacks against Henry teams. We're going to take a look at another promoted receiver 
Sterling Shepard, the alpha of the New York Giants. What else is there to say? He's Daniel Jones' favorite target by a mile, just throwing it his way virtually every couple of throws. Shepard's catching them. Shepard's scoring. Shepard's doing this. Shepard's doing that. He's a dog. Shepard is all over it. So he's another guy that may not score every week. You know, the touchdown upside is not as high as we want from some of our receivers, but it's clear that he's just going to be peppered with targets all year long and that he's going to catch him. And Daniel Jones seems to be improving. So there's no reason to think that this is going to slow down anytime soon, especially if Kenny G has now popped back up on the injury report. Evan Ingram is going to be coming back. He'll probably come back slow, and he's also Evan Ingram. Play Shepard. Don't leave him on your bench. Play. And because we need to mix it up a little bit from the wide receiver position, we'll shift over to a running back. A running back in a situation that I would typically never suggest this for because he is a New England running back, but he is the New England running back one, and that is Damian Harris. Now, again, the New England backfield is typically one that I've tried to avoid over the years. You never really know what's going to quite happen back there. Just Bill Belichick, man. What can you say? But Harris does seem to have separated himself from the pack, and they're continuing to play somewhat conservatively on offense with mac and cheese. Shout out, Cam. At the helm back there. With mac under center, they're not taking a lot of shots. They're just trying to control the game, and Harris is getting his run, and he's doing very well. Now, Unfortunately, because this is business, this is fantasy, we know it's not all sunshine, rainbows, unicorns, hearts. There are also demotions that have to take place. It's just what it is. The NFL is a meritocracy, so is your fantasy team. So, with that said, demotions. Matt Ryan, you're benched. You're benched. No Julio? Big problem. Big problem so far. Ronald Jones. We got to go full Bruce on you, man. Full Bruce. You're benched. Herms, Shane, anybody. This is not besmirching Rojo whatsoever. He is not getting cut, just benched, but he is benched. They cannot be trusted right now. You just can't take that risk. Because if you have taken that risk in the first couple weeks, there's a very strong chance that your team is 0-2 right now. Just, you got to not cut your losses at the moment, but you do have to... Uh, take the L on the early season call, put him back in when Bruce decides it's time. Ah, collective represent Nate Hovo, my dude, my dude indeed. Thank you for stopping in, brother. And a player we already discussed, but Kenny Galladay. Probably already have benched him. Uh, But, uh, or rather, probably a benched player, but you may not have a better option in some cases. He still presents a certain amount of upside. He is a good 50-50 ball guy. And Daniel Jones likes to take those deep shots on occasion. He's good at the deep ball. That's his best skill outside of running when he's not tripping over his own feet. So you might still need to play him depending on how many receiver and flex positions that you're deploying in a given week. But be wary, and he may be a guy in a real, real short leash. Anthony, trying to tell everybody about Ryan. Can't do it anymore. The good news, Anthony, you don't have to anymore. You know why? Because we all saw weeks one and two. I I probably didn't even need to say anything. I don't think there's anybody rolling him out with confidence. That would be shocking to me. Recruiting. It's important to keep your 
boardroom, your business, and your fantasy team constantly refreshed, always having good, new, fresh talent ready to go to keep the machine humming. So this week, there's a few guys to focus on. Some may or may not be available, depending, again, on the competitive level of your league. First one being Cordero Patterson, if it's not too late. It's not to pump Cordero. This is more really of an anti-Mike Davis sentiment. I I can't stand Mike Davis. Uh, the downside to Cordero is he's not you know a great runner himself, and Davis's better skill is also pass catching. That's what they both do. But I do think with the outlook of this team, there's going to be a lot of these checkdown passes to both those guys. But Patterson is better, so do with that what you will. Unfortunately, we probably saw his best game of the season there in week two. I doubt he cracks multiple touchdowns again, but he'll still have the occasional touchdown and he'll have that small little PPR floor for the you know real thin bye weeks or if you just get crushed by injuries. So he's definitely a guy you may want to keep your eye on. Rondale Moore, again, if not too late in redraft, there's a good chance you're not too late. He was pretty lightly rostered on uh, any platform that I checked over the last couple days. I don't want to say he's wide receiver two in Arizona because he still has had a relatively limited snap count. But man, is the kid explosive, and is he making the most out of every time he touches the ball? So he is absolutely a guy you need to get on your roster. He needs to probably be your number one priority of likely available options in your league. James White. Again, another just this is old reliable PPR option. He's likely going to you know, give you in the 10-point range on a weekly basis. Maybe a guy that you're really going to need as you get down the home stretch. It's just the kind of guy you want to have for that bench depth because you never really you never really know. Dustin, yes, sir. It is Modelo time. It's always Modelo time, at least when it's the best value. You know, again, boardroom business. I focus very much on value. That's how I approach drafting. That's how I approach trading. Value, value, value. This was an incredibly priced 12-pack tonight. So, of course, it was the purchase of choice. And, of course, Modelo's a delicious beer. No one can stand Mike Davis, Dustin says. Not even Atlanta. Yeah, that's why they're throwing a bunch to Cordero as well. Unfortunately, while I do love Cordero, you know, the seventh, eighth year breakout is awesome to see. They also know that Cordero Patterson is Cordero Patterson, and they can't give him you know, some kind of bell cow role. So they signed Mike Davis. They got to use him a little bit. And the final waiver target, a guy that may have been snapped up after week one, that is KJ Osborne. I I don't make him a big priority. I think it's a better deeper league priority. I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to have the ability to support three pass catchers like that. You know, Thielen, Jefferson, and Osborne. But I do think there's a good chance that Minnesota's going to have to keep playing this type of catch-up every week, keep throwing the ball, or at least not every week, but many weeks. Uh, so he'll still have some, you know, relevance, so to speak. And if Thielen or JJ goes down for any reason, he's showing that he'll likely be able to step right in and produce. So this is a guy that I would certainly look to roster, particularly in either deeper leagues or larger leagues. Workers' compensation. So you have insurance with your workers' compensation to protect you and to protect your employees in the event of an accident, an injury, something unforeseen. I encourage you to do the same 
with your fantasy team. Most leagues have an injured reserve spot. You may already be using yours. But if you are not using an IR spot, if you did not draft a player such as Michael Thomas to slot in that IR spot as you wait for his return, make sure you pick up somebody that you can or check what designations your IR spot allows in your league. So if you have somebody that's even out or on the COVID list, if you can put them in there, do it. You always want to have an extra lottery ticket on your bench if possible. And that includes even picking somebody up off waivers that is injured that you could just slide into the injured reserve spot without losing any of your existing players. And if you're looking at dropping somebody for somebody else, as it is, you drop that person for the injured player, put them in IR, and then just add the additional player after the fact. You're just essentially giving away a free chance if you don't do this. Um, And the target that I would have for you, if it wasn't already taken away from, or if this option wasn't taken away from you in your draft, if you drafted with me, it probably was. And that's Rashad Bateman. He's still floating around in your league, and most likely he is if you're in a redraft league. Go get him now. Stash him on IR before he's back in a few weeks. Um, it could still be two or three weeks, but that's okay. We're seeing some strong play from Lamar. Now, while he's showing increased chemistry here with Hollywood, I think that's a tremendous thing for the prospects of Bateman when he comes back. Now, it doesn't mean that he's going to go be peppering Bateman with looks upon his return. But what I do think is, as that relationship continues to grow and the production continues to grow between Lamar and Hollywood, that will keep things a little more open for Bateman. Yeah, he's not ever going to be the focal point you know, between Brown and Andrews of the opposing defense. And I do think, though, that he's going to be the best receiver in short order for Baltimore and Lamar will be getting him the ball quite a bit. I He's he's a stud receiver. It's going to come back. He's certainly, at worst, going to be the second receiver or third pass catcher, which in a low-volume pass offense may not be that exciting, but he's a dynamic player when he does have the ball. And this offense, I think, is going to be looking to pass a little bit more when he returns, once I have a little more faith in the additional weapon that will be coming on board, it's going to be irresistible. Hopefully Greg Roman does not act like an idiot and utilizes this guy, but it's certainly a chance that I would encourage you to take. And now other guys that are not necessarily going to be picked up off of waivers, but again, back to checking what designations your league allows you to put a player on IR for. You get Josh Jacobs, Daryl Henderson, and Amari Cooper. Now, I know there's a chance Hendo and Cooper might play this upcoming weekend, but it's far from a sure thing. Uh, there seems to be possibly a little more data around Cooper. But either way, you know, even if they're listed, you know, as soon as they're listed as out, put them in that spot if your league lets you put a player designated as out in IR and then go pick up somebody off waivers. And then if you have to drop them again soon thereafter, fine, whatever. But if they happen to blow up on Sunday while... Henderson is out while Cooper is out. You want to have that guy and then have the freedom to be able to drop somebody else in the process if that happens. And finally, 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 we will discuss branch transfers, players that we want to trade or trade for to maximize value or to upgrade our teams. I mentioned this gentleman last week, Joe Mixon. I said, trade him, trade him, trade him. Hopefully you struck while the iron was hot last week, coming off of a just dominant performance, 30-plus points. Uh, But there are many that 
could still be quite encouraged by the volume that he got, even in a you know low fantasy output this past someday. So, and see if you can still move him to somebody who's still excited and maybe thinking, oh, I can get one over on this guy. I, I, I expect personally week two is going to be much more of what we're going to see in terms of fantasy output from Mixon on a week-to-week basis. He'll still have the occasional spike game if he stays healthy. Yeah, there there probably are another you know one or two 30-point games out there just by way of the way the Bengals play. And Mixon isn't the worst player, but he is just a guy, and the, the volume will get him there at points, especially if the touchdowns are there. So if you can't find anybody that's willing to give you a real strong price on him this week still, if they are also discouraged after this poor week two, then wait until that next explosion. Maybe you'll even get a little more as you approach the deadline. If that next big game comes in week six, boom, there you go. Just make sure you move him as soon as that happens. Do not be caught with this hot potato. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's really the only guy that I'd encourage you to try to move in a quick fashion. Again, it's important not to overreact to week twos. And actually, the bigger fear for somebody like me is to not give into confirmation bias this early in week one, you know, week two, early in the season. Make sure you don't do the same. Make sure that you are looking at this with as, uh, with an, as an objective and long-term view as possible, at least within the scope of the season. Make sure that you are not acting on impulse that is critical so with that in mind yeah joe mixon is my only guy to sell but i do have a few buy lows here guys i think you need to try to make some modest offers for because there is still a large subsection out there of managers that are panicking over their teams they are worried they're scared they're zero and two they drafted stud teams i have seen some Goliath teams, some screenshots even just today of teams that are 0-2 that are littered with blue chip players. So I would try to make modest offers for any of the following, see if you can't squeeze them out of one of your league baits. Saquon Barkley, George Kittle, Allen Robinson, Robert Woods, Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Taylor, and A.J. Brown. And if you're really lucky, there is somebody, the Swift manager in your league, who was thrilled after week one, but then is disappointed after week two with a notable chunk of his Swift's production, at least fantasy production there, just in that final two-minute drive. Thinking, oh, oh, they barely even use him the first 58 minutes, which isn't really true. But you get the idea. If somebody's overreacting to that, try to make a little move. But these guys are probably as attainable as they're going to be all season. I think several of these guys are primed to break out this week especially Saquon, Kittle, and Robinson, well, and Woods. And Gibson, Taylor, and Brown, not quite as much, but still very optimistic. Uh, I roster a few of these guys pretty heavily, so I'm certainly hoping so. But yeah, these are guys that you really want to try to see if you can roster onto your team at a at an affordable, modest, respectable price. And that that's it's going to be... Again, back to the overarching theme of this episode. It is the week two blues I had. And again, the worst week that I have ever had in fantasy football, as mentioned. Uh, in a lot of leagues. 41 leagues, 28 L's. Do you know 
just how shitty it feels to to roll down your apps, your platforms, and see a loss 28 times, that is humbling. That is messed up. But it makes you better. And when you look closer at team situations, you find context. And Dustin, of course, you could ask a question. That's why chat is on. Comments are live. So please ask a question. And while we're waiting for Dustin's question to be a gracious host here, uh, as we typically do, I'm going to talk a little bit about prize picks as we close out the episode. Tremendous platform. Please sign up using code collective, K-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V at prizepicks.com. They will match your first deposit up to $100. It's a free $100 to play with. Just do it. Over over the course of it, you're going to deposit $100 anyways. Double it up. Go have some fun. It's prop parlays. That's really what it is. You have player props, a large variety of them over every single game. You can even do them by halves. Uh, There's a variety of payouts, larger payouts. There's even flex plays. It is it's so much fun. And as a fantasy player, as opposed to traditional betting, like you know, just betting on lines, over-unders, you tend to be a little more tuned in to the individual player. So it, this is already a little bit in your wheelhouse. I very much encourage you to give it a try. Even I've been profitable so far. I mean, it's only been a couple weeks. So of course I have. But I will continue to be. And you know why? Because I understand these props. And you probably understand them a little more than you think. So make sure you go in, log in, sign up, use code collective, check it out, put in a couple this Sunday, and see what you can do. You'll be surprised. But I do encourage you to start, just do two ent- or combos of only two picks. Start that way. Keep it modest. Trying to hit three, four points is where it gets hard. That's how people lose their money. So, you know, throw in some of those with maybe a lower entry fee. But, yeah, put in, you know, the duos. Oh, yeah, Dustin and Anthony have had bad weeks as well. Well, Anthony just saying brutal, but Dustin, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people with good teams had weeks like that last week. If you see somebody saying they lost a ton in week two, keep an eye out for them later in the season. That's kind of the the feeling I'm getting. But what about Swift? I didn't talk about Swift really this week, shockingly. Um, I mean, what I see from Swift is he's still leading the NFL in running back targets. Uh, I believe he's running back six overall in PPR, maybe seven. So right in line with exactly what I expected. Another four receptions. I, I, Swift is awesome. He's doing great. Every time he touched the ball on Monday, he did well. Yeah, he only the one reception until that final two-minute drive, but that's okay because you can't take away that final two-minute drive, and that's going to happen quite a lot this year with Detroit. They're going to be chasing games quite a bit. And he's going to rack up a bunch of receptions there at the end. In fact, that's part of the appeal to his fantasy output. So, yeah, Swift to the moon. I mean, if anybody for any reason in your league is discouraged after week two, go be happy to take Swift off their hands. You should be thrilled about it. Swift is great. Gordon, Melvin Gordon. I did not really watch that game, any of that game, the Jacksonville-Denver game this Sunday. So I can't speak too much on it. Uh, his numbers were not particularly impressive. I mean, he's a guy that I think is just going to continue to split time with Javante for a while. 
Nah, he'll he'll probably be low end RB two, high end RB three material for for the time being until Javante really breaks out. That time probably is coming. I did see a couple of highlights of some impressive runs from Javante on Sunday, so that would be the outlook there for Gordon. I wouldn't be too excited. And to my surprise, I'm still waiting to see if this continues because it is just two games against bad teams, bad defenses, but Teddy's airing it out. Teddy's checking the ball. I thought they were really going to lean on Gordon and Williams in the run game, and that has been the exact opposite of what's happening. So we'll see how that plays out as the season continues. But, yeah, right now, just a guy. Dustin went heavy on Swift, sold me on him. Nah, if you were just listening a minute ago, definitely do not sell. There's quite literally no reason to sell. Couldn't even fathom why. Incredible week one, very strong week two. I believe it was RB20 in PPR, so that's fantastic. Starting running back. I mean, that's even the best running back is going to be like that. There's going to be a lot of running back one weeks. And what we saw on Monday night was probably a floor week for Swift. It's probably about as minimal as you can expect moving forward. And if that's as bad as it gets, what, 11 PPR points? Well, yes, sign me up especially when he's much more regularly going to be in that 16, 17 to 22 range. With even the occasional larger blow-up week, we'll see how the touchdowns go. But in general, that's what you can expect. The guy that's going to be a top eight running back. Going to sit on Javante, San Francisco backfield. Do I cut Trey Sermon? I'm just trying to avoid the San Francisco backfield altogether. If you drafted Sermon, do you cut him? No, I'm not going to pull the plug on that just yet, but I would still keep uh, expectations tempered. It may be time to cut bait soon, but one carry ended up a fumble, concussion. I would guess he's not likely to play this upcoming Sunday, so we'll see if he gets back on the field in week four. We'll see how weeks four and five go, and then it may be time to cut bait. Or if you have a real short bench, then yeah, you probably should, because it's probably low risk somebody else is going to pick him up. Swift to the moon, damn straight, Dustin, damn straight. I will not lay off this. Stop watching this show if you are tired of me talking about Swift, because it probably will continue to happen every single week. But yeah, the guy's been an absolute stud. He will continue to be. It's going to continue to be the Hawkinson Swift show in Detroit that won't stop and Williams is gonna even continue to do just fine there with Swift anytime Williams touches the ball those that are not very big on Swift and like to come at Swift truthers like me so oh, but what about Williams oh see how much he gets the ball see he's a thorn in the side no not really again almost every single running back room in the entire league is a committee to some degree Swift still getting to eat a bit more and he's going to continue to get more of the higher leverage touches. That's the case that it's kind of been so far through these first two weeks. So don't worry about Swift. After weeks like this, his probable floor week again. Go get him. And of course, Justin, that's what I'm here for. Here to reassure. You know, as a fantasy CEO, just here to provide a little bit of leadership, a little bit of comfort, guidance. You know, let you know that you're on the right path. You know, like you said, reassurance. That's the goal. I mean, I'm not HR here. I'm not going to baby you. 
will tell you when you were wrong and need to move on from something. But we were not wrong on Swift, sir. We absolutely were not. And with that said, we're going to wrap this up. Enjoy the season. Enjoy these games. Have fun. Even the Panthers-Texans tomorrow. I know everybody's thrilled for the Darnold-Mills matchup. We waited a long time for this season. It's going to be gone at the end of the season before you know it. Make sure you're enjoying the moment each and every week. Make sure that you're listening to the boardroom, listening to the Fantasy Collective, reading the Fantasy Collective, helping you prepare your lineups to win each week. Make sure that you are making your picks on prize picks and that you signed up under Code Collective so you can win some money there. And, of course, make sure that you are tuning into the Fantasy Boardroom each and every Wednesday night. Times will be variable given the varying guests that we will have on occasion. And look forward to week three. Why? Because week three is here, baby. Week three is here. So go out there. Don't fade your studs. Continue to start your studs. These big names that are struggling are going to rebound. You know, hold the line. Have faith. We'll get better. And with that, this week's meeting of the Fantasy Boardroom is adjourned.